Blog Talk Radio.
Greetings, everyone. This is Beverly uh, D., and you're listening to the Truth to Power show. I am having some technical difficulties, and um, I am talking to the support team now, and they are trying to work the problem out. So uh, just bear with me, and we'll see what is going on. Robert X. Greetings, Robert X. Can you hear me? Uh, This is Beverly. Let me see. I'm trying to... Robin X, can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Okay, I'm having technical problems already. You and me both. Uh, I I can barely hear you. And let me turn the volume and see what happens. Let me see. Um, How about now? How about now? Hello? Yes, can you hear me? Uh yeah, I can hear you now. Let me see. Gotta make sure that my family can hear you. Okay. I can hear you. Excellent. Okay, yeah. well you're not the only one everybody. <laughs> Go, ahead. Go ahead, Robert X. No, no I'm, I'm just, just saying not... hello. Yeah, you're not the only one that experienced problems. I had to change my location twice. So I'm back uh-huh. where I started. So I don't know how many times we're going to get cut off tonight, but the previous two locations, uh, I was cut off immediately. That's why it's taking me so long to call in tonight. Well, I'm just getting in. I couldn't even get in. Wow. Well, maybe there's some. (laughs) Okay, well, maybe there's another reason for that. (laughs) Uh, So, well, we worked it out. We're here. Maybe they've been mm-hmm. tracking my my work habits and uh, uh, what we're going to deal with here tonight. Yes. And I can assure you, Sister Bev, this one, uh, the family going to want to have pencil and paper handy. Okay. Okay. Now, I'm asking them in the chat room, can they hear to make sure that, because um, I can hear you. 
just making sure they can hear us. Okay. I was on the uh, emailing, emailing uh, the tech people at Blog Talk, so they kind of walked me. Well, okay, so uh, uh, nobody haven't said anything yet. Anybody in the chat room, can you type in and let me know if you can hear me and Robert X? So we'll know that, because we, I can hear Robert X real good. So I guess we're live, Robert X, and uh, I got my pencil going and my paper right here, and I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> okay, because uh, this one is uh, it's going to take us right into the Zodiac. Uh, <laughs> that will probably be tom- that'll probably be tomorrow. Uh, okay. We'll be able to get into the, to the Zodiac, and uh, I think the family is going to be quite interested. Uh, Certainly, uh, my interest is uh, rising to a new level uh, in terms of scriptural understanding um, where it relates to um, the Bible, the Bible, cosmic Christ consciousness. And I tell you, Sister Bear, uh, I -hmm. really didn't anticipate um, being as in-depth as it is. Uh, I like a lot of other people, we hear about certain nuances in terms of Easter. And, you know, we take those little sound bites and, you know, we're on about our business because we don't get into it anyway. But you get a new level of understanding once you get into it with Scripture. Uh, many of us have descriptors because of preconceived notions of it without really doing the research. And while I'm not one to run and wave the Bible in anybody's face, I have a better understanding of just what it's all about now, certainly than I had uh, uh, prior to my resurrection, if you will. And I have to be careful using that term because with Easter, it takes on a whole new meaning. <laughs> sure do. <laughs> where, <laughs> the where Easter egg and... Oh, prostitutes and you name it, sister. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, you know, I... Uh, I find myself, you know, having to take a double take here. Are you serious with this? Is this what the Europeans mm-hmm. really did? And then they put this mm-hmm. in the Catholic Church for all to worship? Come on, family. So, you know, I don't know what the climate was like yesterday in terms of, of Easter because I don't, I don't really feel or see the holidays outside of the obvious, you know, where you can't go anywhere without stuff being pushed in your face. Mm-hmm. And because I'm not, because I don't watch television, um I, I'm not an adherent to the programming the way some people are. Uh I give you a classic example. Two of my closest compatriots came up a couple of weeks ago and both of them said that Donald Trump uh reminds them of Mussolini. Now mm-hmm. these two brothers are very close to me. But I knew once I heard both of them, both of them come from different directions, so to speak, but yet they came to the same conclusion about Mussolini out of the thin blue sky. And I knew mm-hmm. right off the bat that they had seen something on television. I didn't tell them that. They had seen something on television that basically says Donald Trump is, uh, 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 is in some of the same stances as Mussolini. I was subsequently told that that's exactly what it was. Mm. 
Ooh. there was a news program that aligned Donald Trump with Mussolini. And I said, you see, uh, you can lead a horse to water, but you damn sure can't make him drink it. So I don't want the family to think that you're experiencing anything different from people who don't have a clue, and I don't expect them to. But I do expect people who are around me to kind of hear, pay attention to the things that I'm saying, because they know better than anybody. Some of them have been around me for 30 years. They know better than anybody that I don't make stuff up for, for my own health. When I tell you that the television is programming, you may not want to hear it, Okay, but that don't mean that it ain't a fact. And I've got other information that I won't deal with right now that further confirms the television being used as a tool for programming as well as social engineering media. And it's just sad that, you know, these brothers who've been around me for so long, uh, and I understand the addiction. It's like heroin, okay, only it's a main line straight to your brain. Straight to your brain. You don't even need no blood vessels. It goes straight to your your brain, and it's far more insidious, far more dangerous than heroin could ever be. Trust me when I tell you that, family. So this epidemic of white folk with heroin, uh, while we don't have that epidemic in the hood today, we had that back in the sixties. Right. Before bankers just to move down in Latin America once they got kicked out of Vietnam and the Golden Triangle ceased to be uh, a place where they could continue their importation of heroin. They lost China at the turn of the century. So what did they do shortly after that? Not less than 10 years. They went into Afghanistan and attempted to take over and have taken over the poppy fields in Afghanistan. And now as a result of that, you got the white people talking about a heroin epidemic because white folks, uh, who are victims of white supremacy? Don't get it twisted. They are. Vic- they have brawl, uh succumbed to the clutches of this uh, Afghanistanian uh, heroin epidemic. And that's the only word they left off: Afghanistanian, because that's where it's coming from. And what's really crazy this time is the government told you early on, around 2003 that they were guarding the poppy fields in Afghanistan. And we said, watch, just like in Russia, before Russia pulled out Afghanistan, they had a major heroin problem. And we said, watch, and see on this country, a heroin thing that's being uh, brought here by the United States government with everybody's knowledge, but everybody's happy. They just sad because of Donald Trump. Hmm. Everybody's happy. They just sad because of Donald Trump, and so they're going uh, as a result want to give me the head dope pusher in government today. That would be Hillary Clinton, along with her yeah. husband Bill Clinton. The head dope pushers. Okay. And I've gone over that before in terms of how they laundering the money and that kind of thing. And it ain't just that. They're using the banks and and particularly the banks down in Mexico. And it's just a it's just really, really it just borders on insanity, sister. It really does. Yeah. So 
um, and religion is perhaps the only competing drugs uh, that can compete with the heroin epidemic. It is in the opiate of the masses. Opiate. That's what heroin is. It's an opiate. So religion and heroin can go hand in hand as far as I'm concerned. And I think that uh, as we get into this very enlightening second part of uh, Easter, Passover, and the crucifixion, by the way of B.C., the body, the Bible, and cosmic Christ consciousness, I think everybody uh, who's listening will have a, a, a much better understanding of the connection between religion and heroin. Uh, so with that, Sister Bev, uh, I'd like mm-hmm. to get into the things. We got started a little late today. And okay. just tell the family, uh, give me a bad with me on the emails. I'm trying to answer them as soon as I can get them, but I've been inundated with work. So I've got a couple I haven't answered for, for over two weeks, and uh, I need to get to them. So just bear with me. I'm going to try to get to some of them tonight and uh, earlier tomorrow before I get back into this study on Easter. And I think you'll hear it. Uh, the noise I'm going to make tonight, all right? I'm getting all ready right. to to blow the trumpet. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. Uh, who, who was that? Was that uh, Clinton say, uh, not not Bill Clinton, uh, blow the roof off the house, off this mother? Who was that? That was George, George Clinton. Clinton. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, blow the roof off the mother, blow the roof off the mother. <laughs> yeah. Blow the roof yeah. off the mother. Yeah, that's Funkadelic luck, and be careful with that because you don't want to wake up Eddie. Okay. <laughs> anyway, that was a little, Ed, a little joke. Right. Eddie listening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's the Funkadelic master. <laughs> At any rate, family, mm-hmm. um, the things that I found uh, that add on to last week's program uh, where we kind of dealt with the fetus and its relationship to uh, the crucifixion and Passover and the and Easter uh, and some of the other things that we dealt with last week are going to fit right nicely into where we are today because uh, what we find when we look at this thing is that Passover uh, like the crucifixion as I said last week is a process that occurs in the brain mm-hmm. and we spoke of uh, Ishtar and Talmud last week they are basically symbols of an older story that has this origin, of course, family, in ancient Kemet, okay, uh, concerning the resurrection. And uh, ironically, that resurrection takes place in terms of Talmud's resurrection, as we said last week on December the 25th. But Passover is really something else. It's really talking about, and as we stated last week, Easter is a substitute to keep people from focusing on what Passover really is all about. Because it's really about the removal of thought, Mm. all thought, during the spring equinox, during a time when people are meditating, when Kundalini, uh, uh, in terms of 
Passover is known, or Passover is known as the leaven. The Kundalini and the leaven are the same because they're both dealing with the rising consciousness that we know as the lamb. Yeah. Which is consumed by the pineal or haru in the brain. Because what happens in this process is that meditation activates the solar plexus. That raises kundalini energy. That in turn removes the leaven that we know as the angel of death. Thoughts all passed over. And those thoughts, the mind is literally being removed from bondage in Egypt. Egypt referencing the mind as well as the lower extremities. And what's interesting is that Jesus was supposed to have responded to Peter in the allegory of washing the feet where Jesus said, you can't be with me. I'm paraphrasing if I don't wash your feet. And understand that Jesus is a spirit. There's no person. This is a spirit, okay? And what that allegory really means is washing away your carnal nature, your law nature in the law extremities. And that's also accomplished during meditation when Kundalini rises. And there is a connection with the allegorically killing of the firstborn, which is also talking about the law nature doing meditation and that occurs and we know it as the escape of these thoughts in Egypt and that is why you will find no historical um, 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 what's the word I'm looking for no historical um Evidence that the so-called escape with Moses and the Israelites ever took place on this planet. It's called the Exodus. It's an internal process. has nothing to do with some folk turning around and turning into a pillar of salt. Of course, we know, Sister Bear, that salt mm-hmm. is a major ingredient in the human body. Yeah. So I can assure you, family, that whole reference has to do with internal processes that occur in the human body when the human body is neglected, when it exists in Sodom and Gomorrah, okay? And I don't have to tell black people this today because everybody from 60 60- you got high blood pressure. And the first thing we do is reference salt in that dynamic. The first thing we do. So let me go here, family. Uh, 
to this article entitled Esoteric Easter. This is part one. I think I might have referenced some of this last week, but this is too important for today's subject matter to leave it out. So I'm going to deal with it again. You can find it at esotericmeanings.com, esoteric.com. I'm not sure if I deal with part one or part two, but anyway, it doesn't matter. Uh, sometimes you need to uh, reference things more than once to embed it in the mind uh, for those who want to remember. And here's what it says in this article. It says, Passover is the shifting inside of us from the winter of our souls to the spring and summer, and it coincided with the spring equinox. Thousands of people being guided out of Egypt is allegory for what is happening to us spiritually within. It describes the energy moving from the left side to the right side of the brain. So there's your Passover family. Mm-hmm. They go on here to say, go ahead, Sister Beth. No, I was just thinking about when you were telling us that 10% uh, or going over to that, the other side was 90%. Yes. In order for you to uh, to become spiritually oriented. You got the tithe. Oh, I know that you were just fat yesterday. But you yeah. had to get you in there on certain holidays because you have to give more than you would on any other day. Programming says you're supposed to feel good in spite of of what's going on all around you because your mind is totally disconnected from reality. Your reality is created for you. That's television. That's why we focus so much on things that mean so little and focus so little on things that mean a lot. It's directly attributable to programming, okay? But they go on here to say, this single occurrence of Easter in the authorized version as a translation of the Greek Pasha or Passover is a reminder of the problems which have confronted translators of the Holy Scriptures for many centuries. It was placed in this context due to anti-Semitism of the church, the Spanish Inquisition. They say the rabbit is well known as a sexual symbol of fertility. Annual springtime fertility rituals are associated with worship of the worship of Ishtar and Talmud. Easter equals East-er, derived, as the name suggests, from the East. Then they go on to talk about Maelita. I think I did reference this, that I'll, I'll pass over her. But they go on to talk about Ishtar being pronounced Easter, and that she became the Holy Spirit that lifted Talmud to glory when he was trying to, when he got trapped in the underworld. They say the date of this restoration of, to glory was December 25th. This became the foundation of Passover. The Passover did not actually happen. No record of any firstborn being killed uh, uh, exists. Easter is a Christian distraction as it avoids the real meaning of Passover. At the Passover, you are to remain in the house, which equals yourself. That's the house, your body. 
but you are to remain in the house inside yourself during meditation. And consuming the lamb equals the fire energies that consume that which is the third eye, the lamb of Aries. To leaven, uh, no leaven to be in the house is sim- symbolic of the removal of sin from ourselves, and it equals meditation into the higher realms to burn off worldly karma. Leaven is that which is put in bread to raise it. That which raises our emotional, our emotion, ego, carnal nature, and must be banished from the house, i.e., ourselves. They say the Bible prohibits the eating of leaven during the festival of Passover. They go on to say Passover is celebrated on the 14th day of Nisan, which is April, the time of the spring equinox. When the sun in the sky consumes the lamb of Aries, as spring brings forth new life, the Passover cannot happen any other time than the spring equinox. As what happens in the macrocosm, the sky is happening in the microcosm, the body. Once familiar with this process, we can make this happen at any time that we raise the sun, Kundalini, from our solar plexus, which consumes the lamb, which is the third eye or pineal gland in the brain. They go on to say, when we meditate and the energy is moved from lower to the higher, the lamb is consumed inside of our house, inside us. The leaven is purged away, and the angel of death passes over us and does not touch us. We create the spring equinox, Every time we meditate, when this occurs, the firstborn of the Egyptians are killed. Egyptians equals ancient mysticism and mythology. Robert X. Well, let me say that he dropped. Yeah, his phone dropped. So he'll be calling back in. Uh, shortly And uh, for those of you that Are in the chat room uh, I posted the article That he's reading from So you could uh, read right along with him Brother Robert X Yes Sister Bear I, I know okay. it's going to be one of those days But I'm not yeah. going to dwell on it I'm yeah. just going to go back uh, To where I left off In that as They point out here that Egypt Equals in ancient mysticism and mythology that which holds you in bondage. The firstborn male is that which comes out of the mind. Male equals mind. Mm -hmm. So in Passover, things that are derived from the mind are killed and we are set free from them. Then they go on to quote 1 Corinthians 5 7 and 7. And it says, purge out, therefore, old leaven, that ye may be a new lump, as ye are unleavened. For even Christ, our Passover, is sacrificed for us. Then they break that down. They say, purge out the old leaven equals to lose in order to gain spirituality. Then they go to John 17 and 8, and it says, 
Peter saith unto him, Thou shalt never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, If I wash thee not, thou hast no part with me. Then they go on to say, This has nothing to do with the literal washing of feet. Our feet are in contact with the earth, which represents our carnal side. So washing of this means we can be purified and elevated to spirit. Our lower nature is washed by spring during meditation. Then they say this, Talmud was raised from death to life every spring in the form of an egg. Forty days before this happened, the women would cry and put ashes on their head, and that was the origin of Lent. Just before, and I would add, right where the third eye is, as Mm -hmm. if it's about to open, okay? Uh, So they're designating that area with the rising of Talmud, which is, in fact, the eye of Haru, okay? Uh, The risen Christ within us. So they say just before he was about to rise out of the egg, the women would all go outside and worship the sun. This is the origin of the sunrise service of the church. Then they go on to quote Ezekiel 8 and 14. And it says, Then he brought me to the door of the gate of the Lord's house, which was toward the north. And behold, there sat women weeping for Talmud. Women crying for Talmud is the origin of Lent. North equals the seat of the emotions. So to look at these abominations, you have to look in that direction, the north, okay? Then they go on to say this. They say uh, in uh, Ezekiel, uh, Ezekiel 16 says, And he brought me into the inner court of the Lord's house, and behold, at the door of the temple of the Lord between the porch and the altar, were about five and twenty men with their backs toward the temple of the Lord and their faces toward the east. And they worshiped the sun toward the east. This is the origin of sunrise services at Easter, derived from the practices long before Christianity. The main sunrise must take place inside of us, not in the outer cere- not in outer ceremonies. Then they go on to quote Exodus eleven and five and it says and all the firstborn in the land of Egypt shall die, from the firstborn of Pharaoh that sitteth upon his throne, even unto the firstborn of the maidservant that is behind the meal, and all defers to the controlling aspect of our lower nature. Firstborn equals the physical which has to die. In meditation, we practice separating from thought. So we'll kill the firstborn as we take no thought in meditation. And it has nothing to do with killing children. This frees us from Egypt and escape from our own psyche. Then they quote Exodus eleven seven, And it says, But against any of the children of Israel shall not a dog move his tongue against man or beast, that ye may know how that the Lord doth put a different a difference between the Egyptians and Israel. And, of course, as I stated last week, they go on to point out that Israel is an Egyptian word made up of three gods, Isis, 
Ra, and El. Uh, and they go on to say, Israel equals the energy which is within us once communion between spirit and mind opens. Jacob, Jacob's name was thus changed to Israel. Because as we pointed out, uh, Israel means light, wherever you see it. And you can just substitute light for that, and it will make much more sense, okay, because you become enlightened. Then they go on to say this, which I thought was extremely interesting relative to the Jews who have claimed this day Passover as their own. And, of course, all the, the, the occult references or the hidden references are, in fact, uh, ascribed to them. Here's what they say relative to what is a Jew. They say Judah equals Jews pitch at the right side. Jews pitch at the right side, which is the east, which is the spiritual side. They say the Jews and Israel are an allegory for our spiritual nature and has nothing to do with actual nations. When we meditate and camp our consciousness in the east, on the right side, we are called Israel. We are enlightened. There is no Judah. There is no Judas. Okay? Judas is you, on where you are in your vibratory process or your raising of kundalini. Because we are still predicated on low nature. Egypt, okay? Then they go on to say this, and I will quote, uh, um, this is uh, blah, 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 Acts, Acts, Acts 10, where it talks about the pitch of water equals the water bearer of the house of Aquarius. This is a cosmic Passover as predicted by Christ. Cosmic Passover it's predicted by Christ because <clears throat> while these things are happening internally inside of your body, there's corresponding reference in terms of the cosmos, which is why Passover occurs during the, the time of Aries, the ram or the lamb. And now we find uh, the water bearer, okay, the water bearer of being the house of Aquarius, okay, and that's basically talking about the changeover of the season. That's all cosmic. Okay? We don't control that. These are things that are out of our control. But what is in our control is the fact that we have the capacity to follow these ancient rules that will allow for us to be better people. Okay? But somebody doesn't want us to be better people. They want us mm-hmm. to be carnal, ass and titties, Okay, that's what they want us to focus on, and that's why they give you uh, ass and titties and everything from a football game to a bowl of cereal. If you look inside that bowl of cereal, be careful, you may see ass and titty in there, okay, because that's the nature of the people that run this system. We'll get to that because we're going to come to ball. We're going to come to ball, family, and I don't know if the ball. Yeah, but ball is all over the news media today. We're going to come there because it's directly associated with Easter, okay? Now, 
they go on here to point out that the upper room, because in uh, Acts 12 it says, and he shall show you a large upper room furnace. There make ready. And they say upper room equals higher spiritual realm. And if we reside there, we will experience the Passover like Christ and spirit will be alive in our life through our meditation. So, I mean, it, it, it just gets really, really interesting the way they break this down in terms of understanding all these things that we've read or have read to us over the years. And when you look at the meaning behind these little phrases that they have in there, like they say, furnished equals it is everything we will need. That's furnished, okay? Not uh, a tabernacle and and some candles and ain't no candles in there. That's all fake representation of reality, okay? Then they go on in Exodus 12 and 5 to say this. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male of the first year. Ye shall take it out from the sheep or from the goat. So he break that down. I said, man, this is unbelievable. They said <laughs> lamb without blemish equals no thought as we concentrate on the third eye. Male equals of the mind. Sheep equals lower thought. Sheep have common herd instinct. And goat equals from an ancient myth. It's a symbol of the higher self. Goats are more independent and curious. All of the uh, all types of thought need to be sacrificed to have the Christ revealed in meditation. Then they go to Exodus twelve and six, and it says, "And ye shall keep it until the fourteenth day of the same month, and the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it in the evening." Then they say fourteen equals moving down from the seven. For that which is heavenly or divine consciousness, they're talking about the seven chakras family, and moves back up, i.e. down the seven chakras, and then back up. So the process in repeating itself equals 14. So that's what Ezekiel 12 and 6 means by keeping it until the 14th day of the same month. Okay? Now, they go on here to say uh, Jesus coming down from heaven is being crucified and ascending back up to the spirit, blah, 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 blah. Let me go on to here. It says, it is born in the crown chakra and moves down to the lowest chakra for ordinary life. Due to meditation and Passover of the soul, it is reborn and moves back up to higher consciousness in the crown chakra, which is spiritual life. So energy comes down from heaven and explores the aspects of the senses and then needs to be returned to source through the Passover inside of us. Okay? Then they close by uh, dealing with a cosmic reference that I will hold until tomorrow. Okay? But I think that uh, the family can see that that is a, a hell of a one article there. Okay? Mm-hmm. That perhaps gives you more understanding of Easter and Passover than 20 years in the church. So I guarantee you, 
we've all been told the same thing about Easter. That's why we celebrate it. Because if we really knew what it was, we wouldn't go near it. We'd be hell-bent on staying in the house and attempting to, to, uh, to, to, to activate the Passover. Because the truth be told, Sister Bear, I mm-hmm. contend that that's why we have a lot of problems that we have. Yeah. We focus a whole lot on things outside of us. Thank but you. But we focus very little on the internal construct of who and what we are. Yeah. And sure. One of the keys. Yeah. I've always said, Sister Bell, our problems are internal. I've been saying that yeah. ever since I started coming on your program. Yeah. Our problems are internal. And once you deal with the the lack of spiritual orientation in the people, everything else should follow that, okay? And if people don't want that spirit or spiritual orientation, they have a, a right to remain in Sodom. But they have no right to tell me that it's mandatory that I respect, okay, Sodom and Gomorrah, figuratively speaking, not metaphysically speaking, okay, figuratively. Okay, um, Robert X have dropped off again, and uh, he will call in in a minute. So he's breaking down the meaning of Passover, Easter, um, what the stories that are being told in the Bible, and that they are, <clears throat> excuse me, that they are dealing with in, inside of us, as they say, as above, so below, and it's not outside of us. So here's Brother Robert X back with us. Robert X. Yes, Sister Bear family. Okay. I know this is going to, this is going to be painstaking, but I, I enjoy Beverly uh, having a, <laughs> uh, those those little interludes to kind of uh, semi uh, summarize the things that I'm saying. Okay, so I, in a way, this works for both of our advantage, even though getting cut off ain't nothing I like. But right, uh, get ready, get ready, family, because here we go. Now that was just the opening, and I think I did cite that last week. But let's okay. go to the definition of Passover metaphysically to see if it coincides with what we've already unveiled, okay? Mm-hmm. And to do that, you want to go to truthunity.net to the metaphysical meaning of Passover. That's unity.net. And here's what it says. Stop yourself in, family. Mm-hmm. It says here, Passover uh, from Hebrew. Passing over, i.e., a stream or obstruction, overcoming, sparing or sparring, protecting, delivering. They say the metaphysical and metaphysics, the Passover of the Israelites, and is still kept by the Jews in commemoration of their escape from the Egyptians. Remember, family. It was the the Jew is considered the right part, the spiritual part of the brain. Okay, his escape from the Egyptians is an escape from the lower nature. Okay, so they go on here to say it was used by Jesus, the Spirit, 
to represent the freeing of the spiritual man from the dominion of sense. That's the five senses. That's the lower extremity, the 10% left, left brain. They go on to say, it is part of the regenerative process that goes on in the body under the inspiration of the Christ mind. It is the passing over or out of one state of consciousness into another. They say to get the esoteric interpretation of Passover, it's necessary to analyze the descent of spirit into the subjective consciousness and follow it step by step in its many manifestations. Egypt of the body below the diaphragm. Egypt represents the part of the body below the diaphragm. The plagues brought upon the Egyptians by God through Moses are symbolic representations of appearances that ensue in this part of the organism when the presiding intelligence, Pharaoh, the presiding intelligence, Pharaoh, opposes the influx of the higher life. You're interfering with your ascension. That's Pharaoh. Okay? In the lower extremities, that's Egypt. Right? Below the diaphragm. Because they don't want you to pass over. Now, I'm going to read this one more part, and then I'm going to go and give you the definition of Pharaoh, metaphysically speaking. Because they say, remember now, when before Passover occurs, there's all kind of plagues and things that supposedly dominate Egypt, okay, to kill the firstborn. So here's what they say about that. They parallel to the bloody waters, frogs, lice, flies, murrain, boils, hail, locusts, darkness, and death of the firstborn may be found in the various diseases of the bowels, kidney, and other organs of the body. A very large portion of these ills is the result of human resistance to spiritual consciousness. Did, did you hear that, family? Yeah. Let me let me go, and if you will, let me hold that, put a pin in that right there. Let me put a little pin there. Okay, right there. I can see AIDS, herpes, gonorrhea, all that. Yeah. All these are influxes, loss of spiritual direction, because many of these things come with our adherence to this system of white supremacy and thinking you are part of it. And as long as you got that mindset, you shouldn't complain about what, what Egypt does to you when you've given Egypt dominion over you. You've given the lower extremities dominion over you. When you allow ourselves to be programmed by Pharaoh, why should we then complain that Pharaoh is programming us when we've opened up ourselves for the programming? Now, I'm using biblical terms to deal with reality today. Because when you put it in those terms, you can clearly begin to see 
that much of what affects us is a lack of spirituality, which means our problems are internal. It's not about having $50 billion. That ain't it. We're going to come to the money changes, family, and you understand what that means as well, all right? Because that ain't what you think either. So here's what they say. Let me go back and read that little piece on Pharaoh. They say, Plagues brought upon the Egyptians by the Lord through Moses are symbolic representations of appearances that ensue in this part of the organism when the presiding intelligence, Pharaoh, opposes the influx of the higher life. I went back to truthunity.net and pulled up the metaphysical meaning of Pharaoh, and here's what they say. Because we think Pharaoh is Yul Brenner. That's the only concept we got. Okay, this bald-headed uh, uh, dude of a, a dark complexion, right, who decked out in ancient Egyptian garb and, you know, presiding over the white people, right? And he mean as hell because Hugh Brenner never smiles in most of his movies no way, so it's a perfect mm-hmm. casting for him in so-called Pharaoh. But that's not a concept of Pharaoh, Hugh Brenner, and very little beyond that. So they say Pharaoh in Hebrew is Egypt, the king, the Ra, the sun, S-U-N. It's the king of Egypt, the name or title of Egyptian kings as mentioned in the Bible. It said the metaphysical meaning of Pharaoh is the sun. He is the ruler of the solar plexus, the sun center in the subconscious mind. This is obscurity or Egypt. To the conscious mind, Pharaoh, the sun, as you in, Pharaoh being in Egypt, shows us that the light of the sun of righteousness is veiled by our life on the lower or sense plane. Joseph being sold into Egypt signifies that our spiritual consciousness is being bartered away, that we may enjoy the things of sense. Five senses also represents the five kings, all right, that were slain. And, of course, they were tempted to be slain, but they ran away, meaning the thoughts aren't gone. They went into a cave. They're hiding, okay, but they're still there. They must be gotten rid of, all right? That's the scriptural reference to this stuff. But they're going there to say it's being bartered away and that the life forces are being spent in their gratification. They say Pharaoh also signifies the whole house or whole body consciousness. He is the force that rules the body under the material regime. He or his being ruler of Egypt means that he rules in obscurity. They go on to say Pharaoh can also be said to represent the conservator of the substance and life in the organism but his consciousness covers the activities of the natural man only. His dreams of the seven full ears of corn, his dreams of the seven full ears of corn and seven thin and blasted ears and the seven well-flavored and fat-fleshed kine or kinney, K-I-N-E, and the seven ill-favored and lean flesh 
Kine or Kenny point to this. Egypt has a specific significance in the body consciousness and refers here to the subjective mind. There flows in the body functions an energy that especially stimulates the generative center when the subconscious is quickened by the truth. Okay? Like when Joseph goes down into Egypt. This lasts about seven years or has seven degrees of activity. They're talking about the seven chakras, family. This is the symbolism of the seven fat kind and the seven full ears. Those who are wise conserve this energy and store it in the consciousness because there's always a reaction proportionate to the action. When the generated force of action is properly conserved, the reaction is not felt. When we let the higher or Joseph state of consciousness rule in our members, the Lord shows us just how to handle the situation. In other words, you cannot rush the activation of the seven chakras. They must be activated in their own due course when you are able to deal with them, the activation of each one of them at a time. Only a select few, and I do mean a select few, have all seven chakras opened at once. It's the process. That's what they're talking about here. They say, uh, when we let the higher or Joseph state of consciousness rule in our members, the Lord shows us just how to handle the situation. And we make a storage battery of the city or ganglion centers throughout the consciousness. Okay? Meaning, once certain chakras are activated, like a battery, you don't have to reactivate them again. That knowledge, that storage is already activated. You will begin to work on the next one according to where you stopped before. Then they go on to say this. Moses and Pharaoh represent two forces at work in the consciousness. Moses represents the evolutionary force of new ideas that have grown in the subconscious mind tugging at the old states of limitation and material ignorance trying to rise into a higher life expression. Pharaoh represents the force that rules the body under the material regime. These two forces are constantly at work in consciousness, one holding to old ideas and striving to perpetuate them in form, and the other idealizing the new and bending every effort to break away from the material bondage and rise above its limitations. As philosophers in the understanding of the law of change, we balance ourselves between these two forces and let them work work out under the equilibrium of universal preserver, preserver of all forms, the Lord or Jehovah. And again, they're talking about the systemic approach to the raising or the opening of the seven chakras or the seven seals. They're going to say, here is consolidation, oh, I'm sorry, here is consolation for those who chase under the whip and bond of the regenerative law. They think that the snail's pace, pace 
at which they creep along are indications at which they creep along are indications that they are off track. In other words, a lot of times we look for all seven chakras to be open instantly. But you gotta have patience with this. That's what they're saying here, okay? And that a lot of times people are quick because they don't think that they're gaining any momentum because they haven't opened up that chakra that lets them know point blank that they're changing. That's somewhere around the heart, okay? Many don't get to that point. They become frustrated because they think they're off track. That's what they're saying here. Then they say, this is not true. They have to persevere. If the spiritual could have the ascendancy in you instantly, destroy your body. And I know for anybody that studied uh, this whole notion of raising kundalini, you're always giving warnings not to try to open up all these things all at once because it can be fatal. You have to be wise enough to be able to handle this. Okay? That's what they're saying here, family. So they say, if the spiritual could have the ascendancy in you instantly, it would destroy your body and you would be left without a working vehicle. The purpose of the spiritual thoughts in the body, which is the children of Israel down in Egypt, is to raise up gradually. Is to raise up gradually. And they close by saying, when you affirm the spirituality of the body and release from the bondage of the materiality, you are making demands on Pharaoh. Let my people go in fear that he will all at once lose his hold upon life he hardens his heart and your resolve must be equal to his in order to continue to remove those thoughts or to remove yourself from the lower nature Ah, uh, did we lose you again, Robert X? Yeah, he'll call back in. But uh, this is interesting. Um, no wonder that you see everything is about sex. If you look at the TV, I mean, in the children cartoons, uh, they they all focusing on that lower level. They all focusing on the sex. So when you listen into Robert X put this together, it starts to make sense. You start to understand and see uh, what is happening here. And they're giving you these uh, situations and they put names on them. But as he say, he's using them uh, to show things that are going on inside your body. So once you know what's going on inside uh, the outside situation is very, very easy for you to handle how they say you have to know thyself. And so the information that uh, Brother Robert X is giving us is definitely helping us to understand how to know thyself. And that is so, so important uh, here. So um, just bear with us. 
he here here he is. He's back with us. Brother Robert X. Yes, Sister Bear, we are back. <laughs> okay. And I'm sure that people uh enjoyed your commentary. Uh, I only wish I could hear it. <laughs> Because <laughs> I can just feel that you jamming over just what I just went over there, right? Because I tell you, family, <clears throat> this stuff is mind blowing. Go ahead, Sister. No, I know you're correct. It is. You, you know, it makes you think. Remember how Arsenio Hall? Where did he used to go? Hmm. What was that he yeah. used to say back in the day? Uh, I, I never watched it. <laughs> Oh, you didn't watch it? Okay, okay. I never watched that video. Okay, okay. Uh, I don't know, Sister Bear. I've been away from TV back in them days, back in the 90s. I only monitored the news and science programs. Okay. <laughs> I, told you, I, okay. I didn't even watch, with rare exception, I think I may have saw two or three episodes of The X-Files when it was out. Ah, okay. I just didn't, you know. I, I have television. Thing. I never took television seriously for a long time. Just I found out what they were doing. So, mm-hmm. you know, but you know, again, I ain't throwing no no bombs at people, but I, you know, I just I just oh, excuse me. I just wasn't there, okay? So, and let me go good. back. Yeah. Well, uh it, it, while everybody was watching TV and partying, I was reading. I was spending maximum amount of time in the library. <laughs> and we are pre- and, and, and we are benefiting from it. Yeah, well, and we, I, I hope th- so and, we and we yeah, thank that's, you. Yeah, that's that's the whole point of this. So now let me go back, family, to the metaphysical meaning of Passover. That article I just okay. quoted from was basically the metaphysical meaning of Pharaoh, and that ty- that's highlighted in the metaphysical meaning of Passover, along with a lot of other things. But it'll help you when you break, you know, you. Look at the other definition It'll help you understand So uh, I'm going to go back Because they said this right after uh, The intelligence of Pharaoh uh, Opposing the influx of the higher life They say A parallel to the bloody waters Frogs, lice, flies, moraine, boils Hail, locusts, darkness, and death Of firstborn May be found in the various diseases Of the bowels, kidneys, and other organs of the body A very large portion of these ills Is the result of the human resistance to spiritual consciousness. So, of course, I went right back to truth unity, and I looked up the metaphysical meaning of the firstborn. And there are various definitions you'll find, one under uh, MBD and the other one under RW, and there's, there's a couple of other designations. Uh, this one is under RW, and here's what it says, metaphysical meaning of the firstborn, truthunity.net. It says, uh, firstborn, the firstborn of every state of consciousness is the personal I. When the flood of light from the universal is let is let in through our declaration of the one wisdom and the one love, this I of every mortal state of consciousness is slain. And there is a great cry in Egypt, for there was not a house where there was not one dead, okay? So uh, they're basically talking about processes that go on inside the body as we've uh, accounted over and over and over. But they go on in this article, uh, back to the metaphysical meaning of Passover, they say a concept of truth in the head 
will eventually find its way through the whole body. When its vibrations penetrate into the centers established in materiality, greater resistance and pain sometimes follow. This, this sets up a chronic irritation and gives rise to a local condition. It was spirit at work, the presence and power of the divine life. The opposition of the physical would pass away, and a new enduring life flow would follow. They go on to say, in Exodus, the natural world is called Egypt. Jesus spoke of it as this world. There is the true world whose foundation is the spirit. This is the heaven of Jesus and the house not made with hands, eternal in the heaven. Again, they're talking about your mind, your body. Your mind in your body is the house that's made without hands. They say these are both in evidence in regeneration where there's a breaking up and passing away of the physical basis and an ushering in of the spiritual. They say the firstborn of the Egyptians is the highest concept of life. When the divine word or angel of the Lord passes through consciousness, a transformation takes place in this life thought. In consciousness, if the consciousness is established in materiality and has no expectation or thought of spiritual life, the germ is destroyed by the high vibration and passes away through the kidneys or bowels, and a general physical weakness follows. This is the death of the firstborn of the Egyptians. If the mind is set on higher things, Understanding that the enduring life is spiritual both within and without, which represents blood on the doorpost. The germ is saved from destruction. It is retained in the organism. It goes through a regenerating process, is multiplied, and eventually strengthens, strengthens the whole man. They say, in every change of consciousness on the physical plane, there's a breaking down of cells and a building up of other cells to take their place. Mentally, this is denial and affirmation. And this process in the body is the result of these two movements in the mind. They're basically talking about Pharaoh and Moses, okay? They say, we let go the animal life and take hold of the spiritual life by giving up consciously to this passing over, which takes place when the old cells are replaced by the new. The lamb killed and eaten in the night represents this giving up of the animal life in the obscurity of the carnal body. The lamb shall be without spot or blemish and be wholly eaten after being roasted with fire. This refers to the complete surrender of the human life after it has been purified by the fires of regeneration. Fire represents a positive affirmation state of mind 
as opposed to the negative or watery side. The children of Israel were commanded not to let the lamb be boiled. We are not to allow the life in our organism to simmer and stew with the worries and negative words of carnality, what's going on in the world. We must set it afire with strong words of truth. They go on to say, to show us that there must be a physical sacrifice as well as a mental, all the congregation of Israel shall join in it. The whole consciousness of spiritual desire shall acquiesce. Scripture teaches that there must be a conscious physical change before the complete demonstration in mind and body is manifest. So watch your thoughts as they consecutively work their way through your organism. If you, if you find that some pure thought of spiritual life is striving to free the life in the passions of your physical Egypt, Help it by consciously elevating that life to the open door of your mind, which is typified by putting the blood of the lamb on the two side posts and the the lintel of the door of the house. Don't be afraid to expose your inner life to the sight of the Lord. For only in perfect candor and childlike innocence can man come under the protection of divine law. Leave your fear at the door. It has no place in higher consciousness. So burn it. Burn them up. Because as the lamb rises, it's going to create fire anyway and be consumed. That's the lining of the pineal gland. Okay? So they say one last little piece of it. Well, I don't, I don't have to deal with that. So, again, that's from the metaphysical meaning of Passover. So now, I know that that basically corresponds with the first article I read from Esoteric uh, uh, I'm forgetting the name of the oh from uh, es- oops, here we go. that corresponds with the first article that I was citing from uh, the Esoteric Easter part one from EsotericMeanings.com I went to the metaphysical dictionary and confirmed everything that that article talked about okay but that still Fairly deal with the uh, historical aspects of this thing, okay? That deals with the metaphysical meanings of it because I found that the concept that all these stories uh, uh, really talk about exists mm-hmm. within us, okay? Yeah. And it what it, it it's what moves you to dig deeper. Into scriptural history Because you find that the name Easter As we pointed out last week Basically derives from the Saxon goddess of spring Which is spelled O-E-S-T-R-E Where the feminine hormone 
E-S-T-R-O, estro, gene, comes from. O-E-S-T-R-E, the Saxon goddess of spring, astra, or forget the O and just say estra, okay, because that's what they did. They took the O and put it at the end and then said it's a gene. Look at the word O-E-S-T-R-E, the Saxon goddess. Take the O and put it at the end of the E, and you got E-S-T-R-E-O-G-E-N for gene, and that becomes estrogen. Which is a feminine hormone Again family We looking at the word And rearranging it To have better understanding and meaning of it Okay So they said that it's a gene An estrogen gene Okay mm-hmm. And of course That estrogen Easter Estra Is symbolized by the rabbit But another name for the rabbit Is the hare the hare, you know, like the tortoise and the hare. And, of course, we know that it symbolizes eggs. But all these are basically representing rituals in the spring festival in ancient Europe. Other rituals in Europe where they even determined that the sex of a child could be determined by an egg on a string hung over a pregnant woman. This is ancient Europe, okay? Because we find the stories of Easter, Esther, or Easter, or Ostera, or Ishtar, all having definitive cosmic references beyond the equinox and the human body cosmic construct. And this is where it really begins to get just absolutely amazing. Hey, family. Because I went to, again, the esoteric meaning of Easter from Deuce Nexus. D-E-U-S-N-E-X-U-S dot WordPress dot com. And here's what I found, family. Notice that these articles all have the same name. (laughs) But, man, they got some different stuff in these articles. A lot of it is repetitive, but, again, that's just with your memory. You hear mine, Right? So don't don't be dismayed by that. Keep reading the articles where you find some stuff like this. It says here blah 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 blah. Where are Easter eggs and the Easter bunny associated with Easter? Why do people eat ham on Easter Sunday? Mm-hmm. Hmm. <laughs> the, the history of Easter reveals rich associations between the Christian faith and the unrelated practices of the early pagan religions. Easter history and traditions evolved from pagan symbols, from the ancient goddess Ishtar, to Easter eggs and the Easter bunny. 
Easter celebrates the Christ's resurrection from the dead following his death on Good Friday, a rebirth that is commemorated around the vernal equinox, a time of pagan celebration that coincides with the arrival of spring and symbolizes the arrival of light, Jesus, and the awakening of life. Uh, Planetary-wise Spring uh, Flowers uh, The hatching of everything Eggs Plants Etc They go on here to say Easter is named for a Saxon goddess Ostre As I said earlier And in Germany Ostara The goddess of the dawn and the spring And her name derives from the shining light Arising from the east all words for the feminine hormone estrogen derives from her name. Ostara was a fertility goddess, bringing in the end of winter with the days brighter and growing longer after the vernal equinox. Family, the white people created more fakery by saying you should spring forward in terms of their reality of time, which is Greenwich, has nothing to do with fact, has everything to do with fakery. Calendar is correct. You don't have to change no spring forward and no fall backward. That's insanity. Because guess what, family? You have whole countries on the planet that don't touch their calendar because they don't have to. Okay? There changes every year. Right, let me go on. It says, her presence was felt in the flowering of plants and the birth of babies, both animal and human. The rabbit is well known for rapid reproduction and was her sacred animal. They say Easter eggs and the Easter bunny both featured in the spring festivals of Ostara, held during the feast of the goddess Ishtar or Inanna. Eggs are symbols of fertility, new growth. Brightly colored eggs, chicks, and bunnies were all used at festival times to express appreciation for Ostara's gift of abundance. This one here to say, Easter eggs are a symbol of new life, no surprise. The notion that Earth itself was hatched from an egg was once widespread. In creation story, eggs in ancient northern Europe were a potent symbol of fertility, used in ritual to guarantee a woman's ability to bear children. To this day, rural granny women still use eggs to predict the sex of an unborn child by watching the rotation of an egg as it's suspended by a string over the abdomen of a pregnant woman. Easter egg hunt arose in Europe during the burning time. That was when the rise of Christianity led to the shunning or persecution of the old religion. Instead of giving the eggs as gifts, the adults, because they were scared they were going to be burned at the stake or had their heads cut off, made a game of hiding them and gathering the children and encouraging them to find the eggs. Some believe that the authorities seeking to find heathens 
would bribe the children uh, with Reese's peanut butter cups, okay? Hmm. Or Reese's peanut butter eggs with some marshmallow on it, all right? To reveal where they found the eggs so that they could properly, uh, so that they, so that the property owner could be brought to justice because he would be seen as still perpetuating the old religion. In other words, this is during the uh, 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 time when the uh, Jews were being persecuted by Roman Catholicism. Then they go on to say green egg and ham, okay, or green egg and ham. And I know many of you thought that that was a nursery rhyme from Dr. Seuss, didn't you? Yes. I know you did, okay? I know you did. Allegorical reference to past, as I said before, Easter and the spring equinox. But they say the meat associated with Easter is ham. Having slaughtered and preserved the meat during the blood moon celebrations the previous autumn, they would so that they would have food throughout the winter, they would celebrate the occasion using up the last remaining cured meats. In anticipation that the arrival of spring with its emerging plants and wildlife, it was customary for many pagans to begin fasting at the time of the vernal equinox, clearing the poisons and excess weight produced by heavier winter meals. Some have suggested that fasting may have been to create a state of altered subconscious, a state of altered, I'm sorry, a state of altered consciousness. One wonders if this practice of fasting might have been a forerunner of giving up foods during the Lenten season. Chocolate Easter bunny eggs, marshmallow chicks, candy, all have pagan origins as well. And when they say pagan, what they're really saying, once you understand the origin of Christianity, is Christianity. Because it's a conglomeration of what they term pagan, meaning it's no longer accepted by church so-called fathers because they say it so. Like so many of the books that were removed by so-called Church fathers because they say it so And label everything else pagan Even though that's where you got what you got from It's no longer pagan Because we say it so They say the ancient belief that uh, By eating something we take on its characteristics Form what we know as blessings before meals To honor the life Sacrifice so that humans could enjoy life that's why you sit there at that table and you give the blessing. You're blessing the food if you eat meat for sacrificing this stuff, even though in many cases it ain't voluntary. It's like that old joke about the rabbit's foot being good luck. Mm-hmm. And so the question becomes, hell, if it's good luck, he had four of them. It didn't do him a whole lot of good, did it? That's right. Otherwise, you wouldn't be wearing it around your neck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I remember as a young mm-hmm. kid. Everybody, it wasn't it wasn't uncommon to see somebody with a rabbit's foot on their keychain. Yeah, a lot of people you don't see that no more. Now mm-hmm. you don't need and, no rabbit. Go ahead, sister. 
And it used to be the horseshoe, too. That is correct. Okay. But now the people don't need rabbit's foot because they got Facebook. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so they go on here to say, oh, and this is about uh, one of the stories about Osara. She supposedly saves a bird. You know, the same thing as Ishtar. It's just, in the, it's just a different interpretation, okay? She supposedly saves a bird and makes it a pet, and then she turns it uh, into a hare, okay? Who could outrun all the other animals? And she also blessed it with the ability to lay eggs of every color, okay? But then it made her so mad one day that this is what happened. They say, uh, blah, 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 blah. The hare angered the goddess Osara, and she cast him into the skies, where he will remain as the constellation Lepus, the hare, forever positioned under the feet of the constellation Orion, the hunter. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so now you see, family, they're moving into the cosmic realm based on the symbology of Easter because it's cosmic internally and externally. They say he was allowed to return to Earth once each year to give his eggs to the children attending. Osara Festival. They say the hair was sacred, and it was associated with the moon goddesses and, and the various deities of the hunt. Eating the hair was prohibited, except at Beltane and the festival of Osara, when a ritual hair hunt would take place. They go on to say in many cultures, rabbits like eggs, were considered to be potent remedies for fertility problems. The ancient philosopher-slash-physician Pliny, the elder, prescribed rabbit meat as a cure for female sterility. And in some cultures, the genitals of a hare were carried to avert barrenness. The genitals of a hare were carried to avert Barrenness because they thought that carrying rabbit nut, rabbit yeah. genitalia, would keep the female fertile and the male as well. Okay, so you would carry rabbit genitals. Okay, they go on to say medieval Christians considered the hair bad fortune, saying that witches changed into rabbits to suck the cows dry. A witch could only be killed by a silver crucifix or a bullet peered as a hare. Hmm. That sounds like another one of them stories that these folk made up. Hmm. Suck the cows dry? Of what? Blood or milk? I submit to you that it was blood understanding European culture. And therefore, we see the story of the vampire right here. In these stories, they go on to say, given their, quote, mad, unquote, which is where the term mad hatter comes from, 
in that story that you keep mentioning relative to the rabbit hole, Sister Bell, right? Mm-hmm. The Mad Hatter giving their mad leaping and boxing displays during the mating season, as well as their ability to produce up to 42 offspring each spring, it's understandable that they came to represent lust, sexuality, and excess in general. Medieval Christians considered the hair an evil omen. They go on to say, later Christian, in later Christian traditions, the white hair is depicted at the Virgin Mary's feet and represents triumph of lust, triumph over lust or the flesh. The rabbit's vigilance and speed represents the need to flee from sin and temptation. Then they go on to say this in terms of the, uh, uh, the first resurrection. They say the most famous, in terms of these Talmud stories, tells of her descent, talking about Ishtar, into the realm of the dead to rescue her young lover, Talmud, a vegetarian, a vegetation god, forced to live half the year in the underworld. They're talking about seasonal changes here, family. So, again, you can begin to see the esoteric nature of what these things really mean. Ishtar approached approached the gates of the underworld, ruled by her twin sister, Eris Kiga, the goddess of death and infertility. She was refused transmission into the underworld. And during Ishtar's absence, the earth grew barren. All acts of procreation ceased while she was away. Now, you know the white folks going crazy then, right? (laughs) The rabbits go crazy and everything. <laughs> so apparently there's a late spring coming, and they can't get off. Can't get off. So anyway, Ishtar <laughs> screamed that she would break down the gates and release all of the dead to overwhelm the world. <laughs> right? Not the walking yeah. dead. The walking Unless dead. She, that's right. Unless she was allowed to enter and plead her case with her twin. She won, but the guard refused to let her pass through the first gate unless she removed her crown. At the next gate, she had to remove her earring, then her necklace, removing all her garments until she stood naked after passing through the seventh and last gate. And now you can begin to see, family, that what they're talking about is the opening of the seven chakras, the seven gates, okay? And that she had to basically shed, open all of those chakras until she got to the last one. And when she did, Ishtar's request was granted and she regained all her attire and possessions as she slowly reemerged through the gates of darkness. Oh, it's amazing how they had the real meaning in these stories. Mm-hmm. Upon her return, Tammuz and Earth returned to life. Celebrations of this day of joy were held each year around the vernal equinox. 
the forerunner of the Ostara Festival. Okay? I just found that interesting. And so you can begin to see now that that's why they want you to celebrate Easter. Okay? That's why they don't want you getting involved with Passover. Okay? So they're going to wrap these stories up in in, in all kind of allegorical interpretations so that you are lost. You're like Olivia. You know, Olivia was a slave, got distracted all the way to grandmother's house. Right, right, right. right. A wolf in sheep's clothing came, blew her mind, and changed her way. (laughs) Yes. And now she's turned out, right? Uh, Lost and turned out, right? She lost and turned out. That's us, family. We are Olivia being pimped by this guy that we called the preacher in the pulpit. Because when we continue to look at the history of Easter, we found out that we incorporated Sister Bell mm-hmm. in Christian doctrine around the 6th to the 7th century A.D., and that it was a sign to the resurrection. It didn't represent no resurrection. It was a sign to the res- resurrection. And the only question that I had was the resurrection sexually connected? Because prostitution during those times is a part of this ritual practice that we know as Easter today. Mm-hmm. And whether we like it or not, we ain't in charge of it, okay? We weren't asked what we wanted it to represent. It was a sign to represent the resurrection. It has nothing to do with it because the crucifixion takes place in September during Virgo, and that's why it's important to understand the relationship between the body and the cosmos or B.C., Okay, the body, the Bible, and cosmic Christ consciousness. Let's go to Gnostic warrior. Gnostic warrior. Well, maybe, maybe they wasn't. Maybe they wasn't talking. Maybe they wasn't talking resurrection, but erection. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, wow, Sister Bell, I don't know what to say to that one. <laughs> You don't know how right you are, Sister Bell. I know, I know. Go to GnosticWarrior.com. Check out the title of the article, family. What is the meaning of Easter? (laughs) (laughs) Like, man, they love this title. Here's what they say here. Actually, an ancient pagan celebration centered on a fertility goddess cult. This time of year represents astrological events of the spring equinox and the harvesting of the eggs with the golden seed that this goddess hides around the world. They say not many people are aware that in Christianity, the holiday we celebrate as Easter is the allegorical resurrection of Jesus Christ. 
derived from an ancient fertility, fertility cult, centered on the astrological events of the spring equinox. These springtime celebrations occurred for thousands of years before Christ. It was during the 6th to 7th century A.D. that this original pagan holiday was incorporated into Christianity and the Catholic Church. It was assigned in the New Testament to the day of Christ's resurrection and thereafter called Easter. The English word Easter is derived from an Old English or Anglo-Saxon word estre or astre. Astart or Astart, an ancient fertility goddess that Anglo-Saxon tribes worshipped when they celebrated this time of year as the sun's Passover time and sacrifices were annually offered. <laughs> They're going to say this, family. Before the Anglo-Saxons worshipped Astart, she was called by the Sumerian Inanna, and later the Akkadian Ishtar, whose temple priestesses were the women of Ishtar. Ishtaridum, or Ishtaridum, and sacred prostitution was part of this religion or cult and their temples served as houses of prostitution in which the priestesses were the prostitutes. Mm. And I guarantee you, family, they was lining up to get some of that religion. <laughs> oh, Lord. That's why so, they were talking you... about uh, Mary Macklin and Jesus and... Absolutely. Now, you, you, you got it, Sister Bear. That's why they referred to Mary Magdalene as a prostitute. Okay? Not that she ever existed anyway. Right. But the point is, you begin to fill in a lot of the gaps with the understanding. Okay? So, yeah, I know all the Babylonians from 8 to 80 was in there because later on, Sister Bear, you get, and we will get into the eating of the ass. Because <laughs> <laughs> the eating of the ass is at the apex, the apex of celebration of day, and it's not uncommon. As a matter of fact, the eating of the ass. This is a. This is in the ancient book of the uh, ancient book of the dead family. Okay. But it's been taken literally today with the eating of the ass almost aligned with an almond joy. Mm. Back in my mm. day, if you invited somebody to the eating of the ass, you would subsequently probably get ass whooped. Now the eating of the ass is being promoted. I think it's involved in LGBT because in, uh, in LGBT is an overabundance of the worship of the ass. Yeah. And depending on which one of them you are, male or female, there's a lot of eating of the ass involved. And, of course, I'm getting allegorical since they've been allegorical. 
I'm talking about the jackass, which is a symbol going back to ancient Kemetan science <laughs> that was <laughs> that was subsequent. I hate to bust y'all bubble, but I know since many of us are in Egypt, I know when you say the eating of the ass, I know I can see the tongues hanging out. Okay. And someone in the in the cat in the chat room said I'm enjoying <laughs> say I'm in, I mean yeah <laughs> says that I'm enjoy has nuts mounds. Yes, don't. it does. <laughs> yes, yeah. it does. It is chocolate mm. chocolatey with two nuts surrounding yeah. a white gooey filling. Yeah. It's called an Sometimes. almond joy. <laughs> Sometimes you feel like a nut and sometimes you don't. <laughs> this is coming from the chat room. <laughs> you see, Sister Bear, yeah. let, me, yeah. let me tell you something. You can't make this up, Sister Bear. Uh-uh, no. <laughs> I mean, uh, uh, big up to the chat room. All right, that's the right on time. But look, oh. how much time we got left, Sister Bear? Uh, maybe five minutes. Wow, uh, nine nine minutes. Okay, well, I'm gonna finish reading this, then we gonna open up tomorrow with okay. ball worship, with the worship of ball, ball. worship. I'm, yes. Oh Lord. <laughs> Well, you just said sometimes you feel like a nut to <laughs> Yes. Almond, Almond Joy got nuts. Mouths yeah. don't. Don't, yeah. And, and, and someone, in chat, someone in chat will say nuts are fruits. Nuts is a this fruit. This is true. This is true. Fruity, fruity. All and right. you can wash it down with the mouth. <laughs> which has a which has a, a, a milky white substance in his own right. Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> anyway, we're trying to keep this clean so that the young people can okay. understand this without going to school and making these crude jokes like us. Let's keep it clean, okay. family. Okay. Okay. Because uh, they go on here to say, uh, in the east to the Phoenicians, Canaanite and Babylonians. She was the goddess of what was known as Astra or Ishtar, so the Babylonian Venus, the goddess of love and consort of the pagan fire god all. Now, I'm going to stop right there just so I can give you a small preview, and you can go and pull down this article, okay? Go and mm-hmm. pull down this article, family, because this is today. Go to in. End of the American Dream, all one word. End of the American Dream. Did you leave us, Robert X? Oh, no. Let me see. (laughs) Robert X. Robert X. I hope he can get back in. Because um, we're down to our last five minutes. So we'll see if they will let him back in. But he says, um, look at the article, End of the American Dream. 
And uh, tomorrow he's going to be talking about ball worship. And so they might let him back in and they might not because we're so close. Hopefully he can get back in. And uh, I, I, I would want him to take the phone calls because he do have some uh, callers on the line here. So hopefully uh, they will let him back in. If not, you will have to wait till tomorrow. And uh, for those of you that are on the line now, if you are not able to talk to Brother Robert X, when we start tomorrow before he get into his form, uh, he can answer your questions. So come back tomorrow, uh, and at the beginning, uh, he'll answer your questions. Uh, I don't know if they're going to let him back in because I don't see him. And usually when you get down to the last five minutes or so, uh, it's hard for you to get back in. So um, I'm going to wait a few minutes and see if we see him, which I don't. So what I can say is that uh, I have the articles posted in the chat room. He gave you the articles for those of you that are listening over the phone read the articles and give you better understanding of what is going on. And so we are going to, I don't think that they're going to let him back in. So we're going to continue this tomorrow. Uh, Join us tomorrow at 9 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time and 8 o'clock Chicago Time. And Robert X will be right back with us uh, to finish this up. I apologize uh, that he can't take your phone call, um, but like I say, he will be able to tomorrow. So we're going to continue this tomorrow uh, and join us then. So until then, uh, peace and much, much love. Brother Robert X. Yes. <laughs> they let you back in. <laughs> okay. Say that again, Sister Mary. They let you back in. I didn't know if they were yeah, going to, they, you were going to be able to get, to get back, back in. in. Right okay. up under well, the gun. Have... Yes. Okay, go ahead. Let me, let, let me quote this little piece from the article. Take one minute, and then we okay. can go to a call. Is anybody that wants to call in, give them the number there. Okay. Uh, you call in at 347-215-8041, and you will be able to listen to the show once it goes off the computer. You'll be able to listen to it over the phone. And we will take the phone calls that's for the people that's online here. Go ahead, uh, yes. Robert. Hatt. And hopefully they won't kick me off before I finish this little paragraph. This okay. is uh, April 2016. 
the Temple of Ball will be, be erected in Times Square in New York City. Mm. It's from April. the end of the American... Yes, doing what? Passover. Mm. The end of the American Dream dot com. They say here. I realize that the headline of this article sounds like it must be false, but it's actually completely true. The Temple of Ball, also known as the Temple of Baal, was a world-famous landmark that was located in Palmyra, Syria. In August 2015, this temple was destroyed by ISIS, and most of the world recoiled in terror at the loss of a cultural heritage site. In an attempt to preserve history, Two exact replicas of the 50-foot arch that stood at the entrance to the temple will be erected in April 2016 in Times Square in New York City and in Trafalgar Square in London. Needless to say, a lot of people are quite disturbed by this. In ancient times, child sacrifice and bisexual orgies were common practices at the altar of Baal. And now we're Mm. putting up a monument of worship to this false god in the heart of our most important city. I'll finish this up tomorrow. And all I got to say is, pretty little sexy baby, show love you all. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) Okay. And we'll we'll finish this up tomorrow, family. Robert X, give them your um, email. And if anybody want to send any donations to help Robert X uh, with his um, research, uh, you can contact him through his email. What is your email? You can contact me at mccrayr9599 at yahoo.com. Okay. All right. I'm going <clears> to <throat> open up uh, the line here, 773 8955. 773 Hey, peace, Sister Bear. Peace, Brother Rob. How you doing, Brother D? Hotel, family. Peace. Hotel. Peace, peace. Yeah, sorry about that. Sometimes you feel like a nut joke. I just had to let that one out. <laughs> oh, that know. was you? Yeah. Okay. That was yeah, a good that, 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 <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> that was right on it, man. Yes. Hey, before I get started real quickly, I just want to give a, give a shout-out. We lost another pioneer in hip-hop last week, uh, Brother yeah. Fife from a tribe called yeah, Quest. Mm. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, my, 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 thank you, my brother, again. Good looking out because I'm missing him. I, 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 I originally wanted to mention that, and they just got past me. I had so many problems trying to get online here. Right, right. No, that's understandable. But uh, my little my little spill here is going to be within the context of hip hop. Um, you know, I'm working on my uh, master's thesis right now, and I was doing some studying today on um, uh, Mr. Sean Puffy D Combs, whatever. And um, mm-hmm. it was interesting. I was studying a section about um, how uh, he had beat up a record executive some years ago named Steve Stout. And I was interested. I, I was that. doing some. More- Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, exactly. Um, but he and eventually he ended up getting off with that. But that was interesting. Um, when I googled the um, the website to pull up some more information, I found um, the actual video um, that uh, he had came out with. What happened? He uh, the the incident that he jumped on uh, the regular exam had to do with him and Nas uh, shooting a video called "Hate Me Now." Well, they both was portraying uh, Jesus Christ being crucified on the cross. 
Now, what's interesting that um, I found the article on the MTV website, and the name of the article was called A Look at the 33 Years of Controversial uh, controversial Videos. And when I was scrolling down the video slide, the second video that came up was the one with Nas and PD predicting themselves as Jesus Christ. Just happens to be 33 years, huh? Right, right. (laughs) Right, right, which, which I thought was interesting. Mm. And uh, I'm familiar with uh, some of what you're talking about. Uh, again, uh, you can you can send me a link to that. Uh, I would appreciate it. Uh, right, right, exactly. It was on the Huffington Post, as a matter of fact. Wow, one of the worst, you know. Anyway, Huffington Post, <laughs> Ariana Huffington, her husband was a homosexual. She didn't know he was mm. a homosexual, okay? She was married to him for eons, had children and everything. He didn't come out the closet until he got busted out when he was running for the Senate in California. When he got busted out, she was busted out as well as being part or the queen, the head of a pagan witch or, uh, organization. Okay, that's what they call it, not me. Okay, a pagan witch organization. So here you got a homo married to a pagan witch because at that time she was all over the media. I'm not sure what she is now because she was on all the news programs. You will see her sitting there, could barely speak English. Yeah. But they would always have Ariana Huffington Mm -hmm. sitting on the panel Mm -hmm. to let you know that her witchery was pretty much in line with what's going on. And her husband's homosexuality was in line with what's going on. I just don't know how the two could get together and have children. I don't know how that happened. So just a little background when folk want to uh, give you Huffington Post as icon of social illustration in terms of the Internet. And the same goes for a lot of these websites, which is why you hear me uh, use them very, very, very sparingly. Okay? Not that the information is not valid. But I just choose to give somebody else my time in terms of a website as opposed to them. So, again, we have to be real careful. And, and again, I'm thankful. I want you to send me the link. So I'm just saying people need to understand who it is that they're accessing because these, these websites don't exist without a philosophy that go with them. And Bill Gates yeah. and Microsoft and others, that promote so-called black websites that ain't really black websites. They engaged in political nonsense 99% of the time and real life stuff 1% of the time. Check them out. Y'all know the name of them. I don't know the name of them because I don't go to them because all I have to do is look at who financed them. And it becomes just like Black Lives Matter, only it's a website on the Internet that claims to be informed in the black community and they're promoted through black myth media like nobody's business. Thank wow. you, Carla. Thank you. Thank you, Sister Beth. All right, peace, Brother Rob. Okay. I'm going to send you that link. Yes, sir. Thank you, my brother. Hotel. Hotel. Uh, we have another caller, 901-281. 901-281. Nine oh one two eight one, are you still there? Okay. 
All right. Well, that's it, Robert X. There was some more people, but they fell off when they thought you wasn't coming back on. That's uh, all right. I understand because I thought I wasn't going to get back in as well. Mm-hmm. But we managed to get through tonight, Sister Beth. All I can do is look forward to tomorrow when we complete this because, again, I think the family is going to be quite um, not shocked, but let's just say quite amazed at what we found in this research. Wow. Okay. Well, I can't wait till tomorrow. And as always, I appreciate the work that you're doing and uh, love, Hotep, and much respect. And I appreciate you, Sister Bear, and family. And do not eat an almond joy unless you absolutely have to. <laughs> Hotep, Sister Bear, Hotep, family. Hotep. All right. Join us tomorrow, uh, same time. Peace and love. your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.